Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Hey guys, welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We're here in studio today with Bridger, Melissa, and myself, Jen, and we're excited to continue in our Ego State series today as we begin to look at bringing Ego State work into the reprocessing. Mm. So what does it look like with interweaves? Yeah. How do we bridge the gap from Ego State work and preparation and resourcing to really utilizing it in trauma healing? Mm-hmm. So before we jump into that, I want to mention... Um, some we've talked about several times before. Catherine Keller is a huge asset to our team here at Beyond Healing Center. She has been um, pivotal in helping us create everything that you guys see on our website, mm-hmm. um, kind of our presentation there. And she has designed that website. But she also does a lot more than that. She's created some courses for therapists specifically who are looking at growing and building their practice with a workload and a caseload of clients that they really want to serve. So developing therapists um, from a business perspective in something that they really feel passionate about. So she currently has um, a course out there that is 90 days to a full and enjoyable workload. And she's got um, different classes and and videos that you can watch that kind of build into that place. But she's doing free consultation for any therapist out there who's interested in that and kind of interested in hearing some of the things that she has to offer. So I would really encourage you guys to check her out. She's been pivotal um, in helping us grow our practice as we've added on new podcasts Mm -hmm. and um, new trainings. She is constantly a part of that and helping us um, envision that and see what that looks Mm -hmm. like for all of our participants and clients to see. You can find her at her website, which is www.katherinekeller.net slash EMDR. And that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. K-E-L-L-E-R dot net slash E-M-D-R. Okay. Let's jump in. That's right. So I'm super excited about this episode. I mean, I'm always excited to talk about Ego State, but I think just this is when it starts to really kind of come alive and be the transformative Mm -hmm. thing that it really can be. Um, So we were kind of talking before the episode about which direction to go with this because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what we talked about was we want to make sure that this feels really practical to you guys that, you know, when you're done listening, that you feel like, okay, I know how to take some of this information into session and actually use it. And also kind of reference back to what we've been talking about in the previous episodes about what we've already done with clients and how to kind of have this seamless transition from using ego state work in preparation and bringing all of that um, yeah, resourcing that we've done straight into reprocessing so that it really supports the client um, through their reprocessing work and how natural that can be when yeah. we understand mm-hmm. how to do that well. Really supportive, mm-hmm. really supportive to the reprocessing yes. work that we're doing, especially in those complex cases where it feels like I'm stuck, mm-hmm. nothing's moving, the the more basic interweaves aren't shifting or changing yeah. anything, mm-hmm. this opens the door to really be able to step in and meet the client where they are and yeah. start to see what healing looks like. Yeah. yeah. So in your minds, how does it look to start to introduce an ego state interweave mm-hmm. into the work. I think mm-hmm. that's a great place to kind of yeah. start. Yeah. Well, I think one of the 
wonderful things about having started the process in resourcing is that this isn't the first time that the client has heard this language, has mm-hmm. had these kinds of experiences. They're you know primed and ready to reach for those um, you know resources that we've created to utilize them in reprocessing. And so it's not nearly as much of a jolt to their system when we yeah. say, hey, you know what would it feel like to bring in that resource that we created together of that strong part of you yeah. or that nurturing part of you? Yes. Could that part of you step into the scene with four-year-old you? How would that feel? Well, I think that would feel good. Okay, notice that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it can really be as seamless and as simple as that. And that is why we, you know, started the series with, "Hey, do this like at the beginning. Don't don't wait to introduce ego state until uh, they really, really need it in reprocessing." Because if we were to say that same thing, and this was the first time somebody had encountered the idea of a different part of themselves, that could be like really disorienting. Ignite a whole neural pathway that heads in another direction that may not go well. Exactly. And so I think, you know, having done it in in resourcing and then naturally and simply bringing it into reprocessing this way makes it really feel good to the client Mm -hmm. and uh, much more efficient. It's just faster because they can reach for that image or reach for that felt sense of that strong self and immediately connect it because those neurons have already been created. Yeah, those neurons have already been created. I love that point because I think what so many people, I just feel like in my experience, they they realize ego state work to be this philosophical or Mm -hmm. or kind of conceptual work Mm -hmm. as opposed to a way of understanding memory networks as a whole and how Mm -hmm. to work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're talking about a part, in a way, you're talking about a web of, uh, you know, your memory network. Yeah, absolutely. A set of (laughs) memory networks. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly right. Mm -hmm. And that part is holding on to those uh, memories for a very Mm -hmm. particular reason. And so when we call forward another part, we're actually helping to you know, plug in or plug back in that that dissociated memory network into something that um, is more adaptive, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a conceptual intervention that we have available to us of Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I can get this unstuck, but it's also a way of integrating the mind. Well, and that's exactly those those parts of self. As we target and process specific experiences that represent that network. Yeah. And we find resolution and healing mm-hmm. in that. That is when they become linked in and integrated mm-hmm. with yes. the more adaptive networks that exist. Yes. And they're not having to be held in isolation and kind of disintegrated. Yeah. That when they're in that part, they're only able to access the activation, the emotion, the sensation of that network. Yeah. But it's integrated now and they can kind of shift between states of activation and states of yeah. adaptation and support. Can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the clients that I'm working with right now using a lot of very um, kind of formal ego state language, mm-hmm. we have uh, the container that is actually the space where we meet together, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the container that her and I create together. And from that place, the parts can come to the session or not, but that it's from there that we're able to start working with entire groups of memories. Right. The trauma at this point is still too intolerable Mm -hmm. to go directly at, Mm -hmm. but it has a part that holds it. Yes. And so we're able to work with that part and by so doing, resourcing that part to feel comfortable reprocessing the trauma. So I want to say something about that because I think that's really important mm. and um, a little bit complicated, mm. uh, more complicated than we would think it is at first glance. So <clears throat> what Bridger is talking about is 
sometimes, uh, many times, especially with significant trauma, um, people don't feel ready to process that trauma. And there's sort of this in-between thing that you can do with ego state work where we begin to process the trauma indirectly. Yeah. And what that means is, you know, we're not doing resourcing only. It's almost kind of this resourcing, reprocessing hybrid. We're like kind of straddling the line with Mm -hmm. them and sort of moving in between that space. And ego state work halts that and gives us a a structure and a framework to do that in really, really well. Um, So a practical way that that can look is if somebody has significant physical abuse as a child, Mm. you know, ranging from age four to six, okay, and... Maybe they have some specific memories or maybe they have a very dissociated presentation. And so when we ask them, you know, what are the target memories linked with that? They might say something like, I don't really know. Yeah, I I just just feel it. I know that it happened. I've heard the stories of it. My family has told me about it. Um, You know, my dad's in jail and that's how I know. They they know that it happened. But there's not explicit memory. And so we know clearly they need to process that trauma. But how do we process something that doesn't have a clear, explicit target? Ego state work steps in and says, we can begin to work with the part of me that experienced it, even if I don't have explicit memory to go Mm -hmm. with it. And that is such a helpful thing um, because that's a really common presentation if somebody has complex PTSD or attachment uh, rupture in their history. And so that's what Bridger's talking about is this ability to target the ego state. Yes. Rather than target a specific memory that the ego state might hold. And we can do that sometimes because there isn't an explicit memory to target, or we might do that because we're not ready yet to process that explicit memory, but maybe we can process some of the fears Mm -hmm. of that part. Yeah. And maybe in their connection with you as a therapist. Yes. And, and so, you know, if you guys are wondering, well, how do you target an ego state? Oh, um, (laughs) it's a good question, right? So fun. Yeah. Um, the, the way that you can set that up is, identical to how you set up a target yes except the target what they're bringing up and focusing on is what do you see when you think of that part of you yeah the part of you that went through those experiences you know do you see an image of that version of you and then you go through the whole assessment in the way that you normally would and that feels very natural to clients especially if we've already been doing eco state work and and resourcing it's familiar to them so knowing that each part is created as an adaptation to survive mm-hmm. that traumatic experience, um, then when we're targeting that ego state, even though we're not targeting explicit memory of that traumatic experience, yeah. it's that state that yes. holds the body memory, yes. the emotional memory, all the other forms of memory of that experience. Mm-hmm. And so by targeting that state, we are accessing the yes. parts, the and activating parts of that experience. By resourcing that state mm-hmm. also, we're helping them hold the trauma memories that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is such a beautiful way of conceptualizing ego state uh, and neurobiology yes. is that we're actually helping the brain hold the story together mm-hmm. and therefore making it more accessible to be plugged back into our coherent narrative or right. our um, autobiographical memory. It's an integrating experience exactly. when we do it yes. that way. Just by addressing an ego state, mm-hmm. not you don't have to touch the memory but going into addressing the part that's holding it, it is so de-shaming and so normalizing for them. Uh, very supportive. Well, and when you're in session, you know, speaking to the adult self or the apparently normal self, you they have some awareness of that 
that past traumatic experience, but it's not yeah. until we begin to speak to that part, yes. to target that ego state and interact with that part. The adult self will sit in the room and try to rationalize it yeah. and cognitively mm-hmm. access it. And yeah. whoa, what was it? T- timeline? What exactly happened? And maybe can't and get to weird? the felt sense of it at all right. because it is that dissociated aspect of yeah. them that is holding the sensation and the body feelings that go with it. Yes. So their adult self can only get to the rational. And so yeah. processing it from that lens is like sp- your wheels just spinning. Well, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what you experience as a therapist is like, why isn't this going Yeah, this should be yeah. shifting it. It yeah. isn't. Yeah. And you're going to start to experience some level of activation mm-hmm. in one direction or the mm-hmm. other whether the person starts to get frustrated with themselves but or maybe they start to hit that dissociative dorsal state where they start to i don't know and the fact that i don't know is freaking me out yes Mm -hmm. and you just watch them slowly fall back you see all the adaptations show up of either need to please or i start shutting down or versus really getting to the the target experience that we're trying to reprocess now we have all the defenses and adaptations Mm -hmm. showing up yeah Yeah. so i want to comment on something that you said jen you said you know speaking to that part and i want to make it explicit that we literally mean as the therapist Mm -hmm. speaking directly to that part of self that means that you as the therapist are Mm -hmm. addressing yourself (laughs) to the four-year-old them to the you know the teenage them whomever and when we do that it's it's common practice that we ask permission absolutely yeah um and say would it feel safe and okay if i talk to that part of you Mm. and sometimes we do that because they don't know how to do that they don't even know what to say to be reassuring to that part to be nurturing to that part to be protective to that part and so an ego state interweave that we can use in reprocessing is for us as the therapist to model that to the client and now there's the three of us in that moment the younger self their adult self and us and we are modeling to their adult self this is how you nurture mm-hmm. yourself yeah. and this is what you needed back then and didn't get and you deserve yes and what mm-hmm. happens is when we do this their body responds to our nurture to our care to our protection and the adult self and the child self get to have the physical experience of that together and boom mm-hmm. we have neurological integration of that mm-hmm. memory and it will shift really quickly yeah. and as soon as they feel capable and ready we want to kind of pass that over to them and let them start giving that nurture and that care and that self-protection to that younger part because it creates this ideal self-parent. And so that's, uh, you know, it's absolutely beautiful resourcing, but it's emergent through reprocessing at the same time. And the the asking permission piece gives the opportunity for some of the gatekeepers, the other parts that are there trying to guard and protect to say, What is your intention here? (laughs) I'm not ready. I'm not willing to let you talk to four-year-old me today or I will but I'm going to stand close by and watch this and let you know when that's too much Um, it just it gives the opportunity for their system to do what it it thinks it needs to do Mm -hmm. to stay safe and has to work with that and really honor the system that's there and not be a threat to it Yes. yes Not be a threat of, I'm going to jump in and do what I think needs to happen, but we're going to collaborate. And I love that point so much about going into this system with such humility and honoring of their system, of saying, I'm not this person that's going to come in, uh, tell you exactly why you're wrong, and make you change. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, I don't think that can happen. You know, saying that to the client of, that's not something I'm even remotely interested in. More so, I want to learn about the system. And how everything works together and how you manage to survive what you did because it's so incredible and just seeking to partner with their system in that way. So I want to speak to something and I don't know that, you know, people will have this reaction 
Although some will, I guarantee it. <laughs> Which is, as we're talking about this and you're imagining yourself as a therapist saying these kinds of things to your clients, we get a lot of feedback of, that just feels really weird to say. Like, do well, you actually say it like that? What What my brain was going to is people listening, which is what I did in grad school, is hear this and say, oh, that's only if it's DID. Oh. That's the only yeah, 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 yeah. if yeah. it's, but no, this is a disintegrated system, which is Anybody, anybody with trauma. Through trauma. Mm-hmm. Which is anybody. Right. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so it is applicable to all your clients all is what humans. we're saying. Yes. Which so I feel like is a point that we've made every episode and we're going to keep doing it. Yes. And so that like weirdness, if this would be weird to talk to, so it could only be for someone who, mm-hmm. you know, is diagnosed with DID and does yeah. it make sense for my client who, you know, is fully functioning who in just all these anxiety. ways, walks in. Right. right. Yeah. So you guys might tell me that I'm a little out of line here and I'm, I'm open to that. We will tell you if you are. I'm open to you being honest. Okay. So here's what I would suggest. If you find yourself feeling really awkward and uncomfortable with using ego state with your clients, there is a possibility that you yourself might struggle with giving yourself nurture and care. And that's just an area to gently and lovingly explore within yourself. Um, My initial reaction to ego state was very intense, but it was led by somebody else. But what I discovered is when I went home and tried to do it for myself, then I got real awkward. Yeah. And the reason for that is because for lots of varying reasons, many of us were taught that it was weak, that it was silly, that it was childish. Inappropriate. Yeah, to, to give ourselves that kind of nurturing love basically yeah Yeah. and and care and you guys can't see me but i'm you know touching my uh heart and it's it's that kind of feeling it's like when i when i desperately need a hug and there's nobody around to hug me do i feel free to give myself that kind of attention and care and if my answer to that is no that's weird then i am likely going to struggle to give it to my clients as well because i'm going to be worried that they're going to feel weird yeah and you asked if i thought you were out of line i'm actually going to double down oh okay okay (laughs) go right ahead pinch me (laughs) kick you under the table too much so you made the comment that if this sounds weird to you that you may struggle giving yourself nurture and care yeah I think it might also be the case that this could be a both and, but mm-hmm. it might also be the case that you yourself have a hard time understanding the diversity that exists within you. Yes. As far as parts. Parts of yourself Absolutely. and right. parts of, um, yeah, just the difference. Yeah. I, I find such, um, in my clients as well as in the, the people I do consultation with, not understanding that they can be as different mm-hmm one moment as they want Mm -hmm. to be the next Mm -hmm. that they can have differing opinions within themselves at the same time well yeah i mean this is quite the rabbit hole bridger because what you're talking about is those of us that as therapists have accidentally been trained to completely reject the childlike parts of ourselves yes Mm -hmm. that have the emotions that we consider inconvenient or too much or too dramatic too emotional all those big you know i'm too blanks Um, that brings us into a rejection of those parts yeah. of ourselves. And a yeah. rigidity of mind, like mm-hmm. your brain is actually committed to narrowing the space in which you're allowed to occupy. Right. Absolutely. I'm supposed you to just, be logical, yeah. calm, competent, yes. professional. Yeah. Professional, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, explicit, yes. just in that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that is such a, a point of desire for me to help p- therapists 
break free from. Well, humans. I mean, yeah. at this point, we're kind of like, are we yeah, talking sorry. about therapists or clients right now? Yes. Well, really, we're talking anyway. about humans. Aren't we all the same anyway? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I was going to say, I don't think that any of either of those statements don't shake me as like, oh, that's too far. Uh-huh. Because we're all sitting here listening to this, even me, mm-hmm. you know, hearing you guys say that and saying, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that is what's happening in us as humans, as therapists as humans. We yes. have our own disintegration. Right. right. We have Say our own, yeah, mm-hmm. we have our own trauma, and we mm-hmm. sit in that space as a human. And I'll throw the word as a subject Come on, in Jen. the room. You're supposed to be bringing us back down, not stoking the fire, because I'm about to go off. Well, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. Well, that's but. a little. Well, hold on, hold on. That's a little allusion to the SIP training. We're going to talk about that later. Yes. Oh, cool. We'll okay. get we'll yes, get around we'll to that. Yeah. That way, Bridger can calm down nice. and stay grounded yeah. for the rest I, of the that's episode. Amazing. Yeah. As soon as you said that. Everything just went away. <laughs> All of the internal pressure that I was feeling to, to shut gonna, down. We're going to talk about subjectivity. it. Yeah. It'll all come back up at the end of the episode when we talk about it. That's right. Thank goodness. So as a bridge back to where we began, um, we did want to share a resource with you guys because this is, it's you know always helpful to have resources. We've talked before about um, Fraser's Family Table. Mm. And uh, we found an article mm-hmm. written by George A. Fraser himself. Um, which is a short but incredibly helpful primer on using ego state intervention. And in this article, he is specifically uh, talking about the DID population. In fact, this article is so old, 1991, that they're still calling it multiple personality disorder. Um, but as I read through it, it's still completely relevant. Oh, yeah. So you have to do a little little mental updating with some of the vernacular they're using. The reason why we want to recommend it to you guys is because there are scripts in here. There are worksheets and so, so, uh, so many helpful tidbits of how to apply it, when to apply it. He goes through several different techniques that he's created um, besides the dissociative table technique um, that are basically an add-on to that technique and really, um, I, I think make it come alive and make it useful and adaptable in all kinds of different uh, situations. He yeah. talks about something called the screen technique, the spotlight technique. The middleman. Um, the middleman technique. Yeah. yeah. Super useful stuff. And he talks about, uh, you know, leading clients into a state of fusion rather than integration and goes into nuancing all of that. Um, and so if you're curious about that and, and the article, you can either find it on Google Scholar. I think it's on there. The, uh, the title is The Dissociative Table Technique, A Strategy for Working with Ego States and Dissociative Disorders and Ego State Therapy by George A. Frazier, MD. Um, and so you can find that online, hopefully, or if you do have access to uh, scholarly articles through uh, education or something like that, you can yeah. certainly find it there. The other thing is we did a deep dive. Have we talked about this podcast before? Oh, I don't even I, know. I think I, it's we've mentioned, been mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So because we don't have enough to do, we decided that we needed a fourth podcast. And so, why not? Why not? <laughs> we got the microphones. Come on. <laughs> got the microphones? You got, you got an hour and a half? I know, I know. And, and the thing is, is we love EMDR, but as therapists, there's, there's a bigger world out yeah, there. Yeah, there's more to therapy than just EMDR. And so, I know. What? Uh, <laughs> we thought that we might expand our horizons, not letting go of EMDR. No, Let's never. be clear. We're not going it's anywhere, guys. Model, yes. So it's never going anywhere. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of other things that, you know, we at Beyond Healing Center that we reference a lot, that we consider a integral part of the way that we work. And so this other podcast is called uh, Evidence-Based Therapist. Mm-hmm. 
and each episode is a deep dive into a journal article, a scholarly reviewed article that we consider very relevant for uh, therapeutic practice, both practical and theoretical. Yeah. And so on one of the recent episodes that we just recorded, we did a deep dive on this article. Yes. And by deep dive, I mean like an hour and a half Mm -hmm. of us talking about it very deep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so just know that that podcast is coming, that that episode will be out there. By the time this is released, I don't think it'll be out yet. So if you find yourself looking for it, it's not going to be there yet. It's super close. Yeah, we have a tentative launch date of somewhere between uh, mid-April and the end of April because I don't know if you guys know this, but iTunes and Spotify uh, sometimes make you fill out a lot of applications and things, yes. and it's complicated. And building a website to hold it all. Yes, it's also hard. <laughs> so thank you, Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Catherine Keller. Um, so uh, so that is, that is coming. Note that that's coming. And um, the the other fun thing about that that we're looking at, and for this uh, podcast, is getting you guys CEs for all of the hours that you're spending listening to us talk so just know we've had that request for quite a while now for many months people have been asking can i get ce's for this and soon is the answer very very soon soon. so all of these hours that you're investing in listening to our podcast we thank you for that and also uh we're going to get it approved so that you guys can get credit for that um but yeah so we'll have an announcement for ebt coming out soon but this article uh, we spent an hour and a half talking about it go look at it because it gives um like little mini scripts of the exact mm. language that he uses in these interweaves well he doesn't call them interweaves interventions and techniques using ego state work and i think it would be super supportive uh to all of you to read that and i want to i think that kind of fits in with utilizing the the previous episodes where we talk about preparation and resourcing mm-hmm. developing all of that so we're, we're building fraser's table we're creating that gathering place where or the meeting place whatever mm-hmm. we call it we're creating yeah. a safe place for each part that's present yes. where they have a place to rest and be protected and cared for and now we're saying now where does the integration work happen yeah. and i think a lot of those resources from the article are ways to do that but that first piece is where we always come back to. That's the home base. Yeah. And then we venture out to explore the trauma, what that part experienced, to reprocess, reintegrate mm-hmm. that. And we always come back to the home base. Yes. Yeah. And so I want to line that out so that we have kind of a general structure of there's home base, explore into the trauma, find mm-hmm. the healing, return to the home base, yeah. find security, yeah. find connection and safety then explore out a little bit further and come back to the home base. And so doing that with each part sometimes, yes. with yeah. each ego or state. groups of parts or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not just the the adult self that comes in to say, this is what's going on this week, but really going into and, and giving each part the time and attention that it yeah. needs and exploring what is that state holding? Mm-hmm. What experiences does it represent? Um, what emotions, body mm-hmm. sensations, and yeah. giving it the opportunity to process and, and release those, you know, what's been stored in that. And really yeah. paying attention to pretty much every detail that is coming out of the client's process. Um, when they're thinking about the parts, the words they're using to describe what the part mm-hmm. is feeling or seeing or holding or doing, mm-hmm. all of that is showing you a window into their neurobiology, yes. into their mind of how they understand the trauma or the reason why the trauma can't be talked about, uh, which means part of themselves is completely cut off or shamed, but having a awareness that the client is sharing with you so much, yeah. even in just quote unquote talking about this right. part, right. they're sharing with you how they 
dealt with the most deadly experience mm-hmm. of their life a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So the processing can be, I mean, it can look a lot of different ways. If we we use that general structure of we've got the home base, and this is some SIP language, but we're going to have our home base, we're going to loop out and and explore that piece and then come back to a safe anchor, that home base. The loop out can look a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. It, it can it be yeah. specific EMDR processing with yes. bilateral stimulation. It can be some of these strategies in the article that Melissa mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it can have um, a different presentation depending on what that part needs, what's most effective for that that part and that day, that week, that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can have a lot of creativity in that. But when we decide to use traditional processing, that's when we... <clears throat> excuse me, select the experience and we target that. Yeah. yeah. But we're targeting it through the lens. <coughs> it's allergy season here in Missouri. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you can cuddle up to the mic. You don't uh, have to speak too loud. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. don't want to be like all groggy in there. But we can um, target and process it through the lens of that part. Yeah. Yes. And then be able to shift into each part and do that for the, the experiences that are held. Yeah. And I love your comment about always bringing them back to the home base and that is sip language but with that the experience the part has it's kind of like that part is being upgraded mm-hmm. their their experience is being integrated into them as the part but then when you bring it back to the home base it's it's integrating it into the, the whole, whole system, system. Mm-hmm. right so really important points about doing ego state work specifically with bilateral and in emdr interesting things can happen <laughs> to say the least. So here's what I mean. <clears throat> I don't want you guys to be surprised if as you're working with clients in this way, some really uh, kind of intense and dramatic things can happen even beyond what we you know, normally kind of get accustomed to with how intense and dramatic the shifts can be with EMDR. And I don't necessarily mean dysregulation. In fact, I mean quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean these profound changes can happen and you come out of that experience with the client and they're looking at you and you're looking at them like um am am i a whole new human right now pretty much yep yep pretty much um and so when that happens uh things like they will suddenly kind of automatically generate a whole new part of themselves yeah um somebody will show up you know that just happened this week to a client of mine, uh, we were reprocessing a childhood memory and there was a mm-hmm. lot of fear and suddenly she's like, I don't know what just happened, but there's a part of me that I've never seen before and she's like a superhero and she's here to protect that part. I hadn't even prompted it. However, we had done ego state work in the past. Yeah. So this is a really Brand normal new. thing. Yeah. As we use ego state work with our clients, they are learning how to do this work themselves. Yes. They begin to internalize the wisdom of ego state work and personifying our nervous system. And so spontaneously, they'll just interweave themselves. Yes. It's like, well, that was easy. I'm just going to sit back and let the yep. superhero you Good take job. over. Great. <laughs> and that's one of the, the beautiful things about integrating ego, ego state all along the way is that we actually don't need as many interweaves yeah. because their system will kind of take over that job because we have embedded into their own system this wisdom of how to work with itself in this really uh, powerful way 
Yeah, and right. so you'll get emergent parts. You'll get parts that will kind of change and grow and suddenly tell you, I don't want to be called that name anymore. This is my new name. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had more than one client that decided to change their real legal name in response <laughs> to this. So I'm serious, you guys. Like they can come out of this feeling like a totally different person. Yeah, and need to represent uh, it. Yes, and need yeah. to represent it to the world in some way. I had uh, a client that went through a five-day retreat that was, uh, it was a DID presentation, um, and we did... EMDR and ego state work for five days straight. And she came out of that with this personification of this new version of herself that she called the tiger queen. Mm. And the next time she came to session, she was like decked out in tiger jewelry. And I was so pleased (laughs) because it it does, it gets really important to them to somehow externally represent this dramatic internal shift because it truly feels like a, um, yeah, a profound, that was me before and this is me after. That's identity Mm -hmm. formation. That's what we want to see happen in therapy is that people will take from the room and change yes, out there exactly. and, and reflect what and it, feel work it. is done. Exactly. They're As feeling a whole it. being. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is me now. They integrate it into their actual lives. Their, yes. their systems become integrated and then they bring that out into mm-hmm. their lives and see the affirmation yes. of I can be this other person. Yes. I don't need those adaptations to be safe and survive right. anymore. Right. I can be this new presentation. Yeah. So here's one of my number one explanations of when people ask me why I'm so obsessed with ego state, this is what I tell them. Okay. I mean, besides all the reasons besides that I've already said. Besides it's human and you should do it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in EMDR, one of the things that can accidentally happen, if we're not careful, there's certainly ways to work with this, is that clients will get fixated on the part of the assessment process that feels the easiest for them to connect with. Mm. Here's what I mean. They'll get overly fixated on the cognition. Mm -hmm. They'll get overly fixated on the emotion or on the body sensation. Whatever their previous strategy or proclivity has been, they will uh, focus on, well, I don't think that anymore, so it's better. Or my body feels different, so it's better. Or the emotion is different, so I'm better. And even as therapists, we can accidentally collude with clients around this yeah. because mm-hmm. we have our own preferences hey, yeah. and proclivities in this so. way. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, better that it's great. Yeah. yeah. Or VOC is seven. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, obviously, the EMDR protocol um, has a lot of guardrails to make sure that we are thorough in our process. But what Ego State does is it takes all of that and wraps it up in a human body an internalized image of a full human person. Yes. Which means that includes every aspect of what it means to be human, even what is not on the assessment process. Yes. Which includes attachment, Mm -hmm. which includes relationship. It includes what does it feel like for me to be in connection with another human being? We don't ask that question in the assessment phase, (laughs) but that is such a huge part of healing trauma, especially with complex PTSD. And suddenly with ego state, I have me, myself and me. And then suddenly here's this little me and I'm looking at them and I'm seeing, you know, the big brown eyes and the curly blonde hair. And I'm like, well, I'm having all kinds of feelings Mm -hmm. in response to seeing this. It's not just what do I think about her? It's yeah. how does it feel for me to be next to her? Yeah. How how does she feel about being with me? How do I feel about being with her? And there's so much wrapped up in that mm. that our language can't even begin to touch. Yes. And so to me, ego state work completely, um, yeah, just kind of gets beyond the barriers that our normal cognitive language has and gives us a felt sense and a relational attachment sense of yeah. the healing in a way that nothing else can. 
Absolutely. And in that relational attachment piece, a lot of times we think when we bring an interweave of, okay, what would your adult self say to your child Mm -hmm. self at this time? We think it's going to be just easy and they should have all the right things to say. But when we're looking at attachment ruptures and and unhealthy attachment there, I don't know what to say. I'm not capable of helping this little kid. Or, Or you guys, here's one that happens a lot. I don't want to. Yes. I don't like her. I feel like awful her. that I don't yes. want to. Yes, yeah. I should want Why to. Why do yes. I hate the four-year-old version of myself? And in that moment, it's like, well, do you think that there's shame involved in yeah. what she went through? Oh. There it is. Right? Yeah. And so it's within that relational dynamic of me as my adult <clears throat> self trying to interact with these child parts that all of that feeling arises in a way that, you know, just cognitive processing and even our basic assessment cannot always get to yeah sometimes that emerges spontaneously well and even if it, it even if it does highlight that there's still disintegration mm-hmm. it doesn't provide a language right. with which to work right. on it yeah. and that's what we're talking about with the with ego state is now you have all of these internal dynamics yes. to pay attention to yes. and to watch unfold between the the part and the the adult self or whichever mm-hmm. part is is driving the car so mm-hmm. to speak at the moment you get to watch how they are making sense of their internal process yeah. and that i mean that is basically what psychotherapy is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah. good psychotherapy yeah. yes anyway yeah there's another resource <laughs> no more ten. sorry <laughs> i'm sorry tell, tell me which listening. one and then we'll talk about it <laughs> it's the developmental needs meeting strategy yes. yeah surely surely jean schmidt she actually yes. has two books and there's a whole training yes. almost like a it's a comprehensive training course mm-hmm. on that that I would recommend. Mm-hmm. It, it talks right along lines of this, of how do we see those parts of having not had a developmental need met, yes. Yes. something missing. Um, and then how do we go back in, therapist, client, partnered in that mm. and meet that need yeah. for the sake of healing. Exactly. Exactly. Really good content. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm just curious if you guys have any kind of final thoughts or maybe like what are your go-to things that you say that are what you would consider an ego state interweave and reprocessing like what do you find yourself saying a lot oh that's a hard one i know you are you already said one which is what did that younger part of you need yeah absolutely i and i i don't attribute this necessarily to this is what ego state looks like all the time Mm -hmm. but for me almost especially if we know that the the direction we're going to go in the loop is going to be difficult i will just start uh you know right after uh we check in on the worst part and the distress where that's at and the negative cognition and all of that um if there's anybody that wants to go with us Mm, yeah um another part that might feel up to going on this journey with us um just giving them that additional choice of support Mm -hmm. and that that pairing is really important to them so really validating that they're not alone even we are not alone just just the client and i but that actually i'm still working and aware of all the internal parts so i i just started as a preface of is there anybody that wants to go with us and um you know depending on what they say we can have a whole crew that comes with us and then that will change kind of the way that we do the the checking in throughout the the sets um 
which is just interweave after interweave kind of. So yeah. I, I get pretty creative with it. I don't stick very much to the direct protocol of just notice that, just notice that, just notice mm-hmm. that, just notice that. Mm-hmm. But I'm shocked, I, Bridger. You're shocked? You don't, you don't stick to the exact script. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> you're such a rule follower. Sorry. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> just black and white on the paper, please. Uh, do you have a manual? Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Would you actually? <laughs> Bridger, have you actually read your manual? Yes. Yes, I have. Probably and a few I've times. Yes, thank you. And then I tore it apart. That's right. And so there we go. And here we are. Yeah, and here we are now. You hired me, by the way. Uh, I know. So, uh, but for me, I, I help um, the, the entire system um, understand that it can be of assistance to itself. Mm-hmm. And as the parts come forward and have various things to contribute or maybe they know how to get the person unstuck, mm-hmm. it's not on me. I'm just helping them find the ways to integrate their mind mm-hmm. um, that they already know to themselves. And so the, the processing goes really well, um, and it increases connectivity within the system. So to yeah. me, it kills like eight birds with one stone. Yeah. So, yes. well, I want to emphasize that because that piece of what you said is so much in alignment with the foundation of EMDR. Yes. Of it's not about the, what the therapist has to offer. Yes. It is relying on the client's own system mm-hmm. to do the healing yeah. as it is naturally designed to do. Yes. And so that those words that you just said, I think, really stood out to me for that reason, mm-hmm. that it's it's not on me. No. And that's such relief to the therapist yes. as well. Recruit the resources available to the client, yes. which are already in their system. Right. And, and which go home with them exactly. every day. Yeah. And, and they then, get to pay attention to how their system worked with itself. Mm-hmm. And then think about how they can use that. For From the rest of forward. their life. Yes, yes. because yes. it's not, oh, I, I need Bridger to say that thing, yeah, or exactly. I need to be in an office with Bridger to be okay yeah. or yeah. to heal this. And then if you do have somebody that's that's in an acute crisis situation, you can then call back to the resources mm-hmm. within themselves, mm-hmm. not saying, okay, can we get an emergency session? And right. you know, if that isn't what needs to happen, then that's great. But I have plenty of clients that will just text me, you know, this is what's going on. Um, I'm having a really hard time and all it takes is me just reminding them of this part that mm-hmm. helped them through it when we were in session Can and I have not yeah and I have not had a single time where the client said I that didn't work I need mm-hmm. something else mm-hmm. it they, they, they just know their own needs yeah. Yeah. yeah and they they feel empowered and like they have the experience and practice to actually meet because they do because mm-hmm. we did it in session I'm That's not right. going to suggest a part over text that they've yeah. never met before. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. No. And that is integration of mind. Yes. I mean, we are bringing in a, a traumatized part and, and integrating that into an adaptive, something adaptive and healing that they already have. That's right. And bringing that into one. Yeah. So it may not be the manual form, <laughs> but I still believe that it is based on the fundamental tenets of AIP. It so. is for sure. I absolutely agree with that. One one interweave that I use, and it's strategically chosen, not in the middle of their processing, because if we can integrate their own system of uh, doing that, but then being able to bring in, what is it like for your five-year-old self, 15-year-old self, for me to be here yeah. as you oh, yes. go through so that? Oh, so important. Yes. Talk about subjectivity. Yes, mm-hmm. and bringing yes. back to that attachment piece. Yes, exactly. I have to have a nurturing loving presence there as you're going through that and it may be supportive but it might be really activating yes. to them yes oh okay so speaking of activating so i said this <laughs> sometimes you guys are probably not gonna be surprised sometimes i go a little too far in sessions <laughs> i always clean it up and my clients trust me it's i promise beautiful. yeah um but uh so i said this very similar thing to a client and the way that i phrased it was and her reaction was fascinating which is why I'm sharing it I said sometimes when you talk about your younger self 
I feel like what you really needed was somebody to hug you and to hold you and to stroke your hair. Mm-hmm. And her response, mm-hmm. the very first thing she said is, Melissa, that makes me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was towards the end of the session, my mistake. That was a little too activating to do right as we're on the way out, right? So she comes back following week and she says to me, I have thought about that so many times. And every time I think about it, I feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you think that maybe we should go there? She's like, not Is yet. Is that we're going to start? Not yet. Oh. And I'm like, okay, okay. Respecting, respecting the boundary. Yes. But then she told me about dreams. Oh. She had had three dreams of significant female people in her life holding her, mm. hugging her, stroking her hair while she cried. And she had, depending on who the person was, multiple different reactions to that. And so in that moment, the way that I would conceptualize that is the little her heard me say that and went, yeah, just like light up. (laughs) The affect state that it triggered was a shame state. Mm -hmm. And then we get the nausea. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like I should not have to want that. Yeah, And I don't deserve that. And I don't deserve that. And so we get this nauseous feeling. But at the same time, that part of her is now woken up and is like, excuse me, could I use dream time yeah. mm-hmm. to experiment with yeah. this a little I'm bit? I'm actually what, deeper what, in the brain. Yeah, so like, I, yeah, I can this, just, yeah, way. I'm in charge when you dream. Something's yeah. going to take over in this yeah, space. Like, don't mind me. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to figure this out because she said that that's a possibility. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a possibility. Yeah. If she suggests that, it must not be that inappropriate. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm going to use three significant yes. people in my yeah, life. Yeah, I'm just going to, and that's the beauty of dreams is that we can experiment with all kinds of scenarios. Um, and you guys might wonder if I would ever actually do that with a client. There are some situations that are would that I would. There's a lot that I wouldn't. But even just the verbalization oh, yeah. um, of I wish I could. Acknowledging that that's yes, a possibility. Yes, that that's a need and that's an appropriate need is so powerful. So I do that kind of stuff all the time of like painting a little picture for the part of what it would be like for them to have an experience. The other one that I would say I use really, really frequently is how does the you today hmm feel about the you that you were back then mm-hmm. that i think creating the um the relationship between past me and present me sets us up for that really dynamic and kind of organic um way of ego state kind of interweaving itself right and yeah. kind of showing up in the midst of processing without us having to do a lot so i try to use that uh, kind of leading language mm-hmm. any other Beautiful. final thoughts so many, so know, many, but so we've got to get, we've got to yeah. cap it at some point. We do, and we have a whole nother episode. I think a next episode more. we're talking about um, DID yes. and the use of ego state uh, with DID, and we will definitely reference the article that I talked about because that's super relevant, and we'll uh, tell some stories and talk yeah. about what that looks like. I feel like I, I want to give a shout out to every listener. Um, our Patreon has been blowing up. <laughs> Thank oh you gosh. for that, guys. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I cannot tell you what it feels like to just... Feels so supported. Oh, it's, oh, it's yes. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And we have so many really exciting things that are coming up this year. Like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> hey, guys, we're buying a building yes. so that we can all actually be together. You guys might not know this, but none of us are actually in the same building together. We work all over town. <laughs> yeah, which so is So we're trying crazy. to fix that. Yeah, we're trying so to fix that. We're buying a building. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have so many training opportunities that are coming yeah. up. And it's largely, I mean, so supported by your yes. your help. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. 
to see what your money can actually do. And we're going to make sure that we start to develop ways that you guys can see. Yeah. So, and I'm super excited about our next possible Patreon goal. Can we talk about that a second? So we have been told by more than one person that they're very interested in seeing our faces while we talk. Yes. Which I didn't even know was a thing. No, no. Apparently this is a thing you guys were. It's like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you put the podcast on YouTube so people can like, watch you like a video while you're talking okay yeah. but this so they can thing. see me awkwardly try to hide my cough <laughs> from the microphone Jen, that's what i'm saying you're human just be human yes. okay well what i'm excited about is you know about 10 times per episode i'm thinking gosh darn it you can't see our gestures yeah. and yes. we're a very animated bunch which i think comes through our voices but it really yes. comes through our hands yes um and so one of our big <sighs> next goals when we hit uh, i think it's thousand dollars a thousand month. which we're not that far away no from, no but crazy. but yeah and when we get there we're gonna get video equipment yep to put in our new building yes. so you guys can see us and feel yes. like you're right in the room with us and i cannot tell you how excited i am to have uh gym moments from the office oh. of just <laughs> staring at the camera oh it's <laughs> a little like head yeah, tilt shoulder yeah. shrug yeah there has been discussion yeah, of blooper a... reels <laughs> oh i cannot wait yeah. i hope you know Gym i'm just gonna be staring at the office. camera <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. all right so uh okay, yeah jo- join our patreon because yeah. we're super excited about those goals it's patreon.com slash beyond healing center mm-hmm. is where you'll find access to that yeah one other thing really quick is we have a Q&A coming up yes. in a couple of oh, episodes yes so ego excited. state specific Q&A ego state and EMDR Q&A yes so Send please us be your sending questions. in oh those questions through Patreon email um, website um, get us your questions so we can begin compiling them and yeah. structuring that episode there is yeah. no bad question no. about this like yeah. the nitty grittiest of the most practical questions mm-hmm. you can ask yeah. and also the craziest like it's I don't riddle. what does this sound like well, yeah, yeah or this weird corner case I tried this interweave and this weird thing happened send us that as well yes. super interested yes. in that but yeah if you are a patreon member your questions get a uh, priority so please send them through patreon or if you send us an email just indicate that you're a patreon member so that we know to bump you to the top of the list because uh, we love it when we have too many questions to answer and usually <laughs> yeah usually what we do is we go ahead and answer all the questions and then we release the the overage because we can't keep you on here for two hours um, we'll put the extra questions on patreon so another reason to join because that's fun yep. um, but yeah patreon.com slash beyond healing center or send us an email with your questions what's our email jen we have a few now we do (laughs) it's therapy at beyondhealingcenter.com yes yeah this is the one you should send it to you probably (laughs) we'll get it if you if it goes to that one hey guys so one more thing that we forgot to talk about because we were super excited about other things we have a training coming up that we wanted to tell you about somatic integration and processing we are doing a virtual version of this training on may 6th through the 8th and so we would love for you guys to sign up right now we still have early bird pricing happening for the next seven days from the date of release which means early bird pricing will close on april the 10th so get on there get registered if you have any questions at all about the training you can visit our website at beyondhealingcenter.com go to the trainings tab you'll find all of the information including pricing course schedule everything that'll get covered and you get 21 ce's uh, for participating in this training we would love to have you connect with you in this way. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. 
Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to noticethat at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time. Thank you.